When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, that was not even pretty bad. That was really, really bad. The Raptors lose 132 to 113 to the Oklahoma City Thunder with Shea Gilgis Alexander in tow, the next great Canadian superstar. If you don't think he's already there, you probably think he's at least on his way. For my part, I can't wait till he hoists the MVP trophy. Uh, that's the type of player I see when I watch Shea. And the Raptors fell to uh, his dominant driving game early and often. And then as a team collapsed all at once, they were in complete disarray all game. But before I get too far ahead of myself, uh, this is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I am your host, Samson Folk, and it is, of course, brought to you by Goldfinger Law. And shout out to Goldfinger Law because with them, you only pay if you win. And you can contact them at 416-730-1777. I got to tell you, uh, the Raptors, if seven's a lucky number, if they got a lot of that in Goldfinger, there was not a lot of luck going around tonight, nor was there a lot of effort. Uh, Not a single player besides Chris Boucher clearing 15 points. And Chris Boucher coming in with 20 and 12, played starters mates in this one, pressed the thunder on the glass, uh, got to the line quite a few times. But this, this was a game that... I think if you try and parse meaning from, try to glean meaning from this game, you're going to be left with a lot of, uh, you'd be sad about it. You're going to feel good about yourself because it started out looking like, hey, the Oklahoma City Thunder, they they play fast. They play in transition. They try and get up and down. The Raptors also play a similar style, maybe maybe a slower pace because of how they operate in the half court. And they certainly can do, don't have a creator like Shea in the half court. But you think with the defenders that the Raptors have, with the veteran presences they have, that if the game gets fast, they'll be able to do better than the Thunder in that transition game. They'll be able to keep their turnovers you know, to a minimum. They'll be able to kind of stay in control of their game. They'll be able to dominate in that way. That was not the case. The style, the manner in which the Raptors played, in which the Thunder played in this one, it heavily leaned pro Thunder. And whether that's just guys, you know, being, I don't know, looking at the the prospect of a, a back-to-back, saving themselves to some degree, if that's just guys feeling like, oh man, we're, we're missing so many guys right now. We're missing Precious, who, you know, would fit quite well into a game like this. We're missing Pascal, who is obviously before he went out, is one of those guys who started crafting that MVP-level narrative for himself at the very start of the year. He's gone. They've they've moved some guys into the starting lineup. They've been trying to find offense where they can. And even in a game like this, uh, it fell short against a pretty bad defense in Oklahoma City. And their defense was the worst it's been all year. I'm absolutely certain of that. It was extremely, extremely poor 
So what do you look for in a game like this? Are you trying to see if Scotty's taking that that star leap? If he looks really awesome, are you seeing? Are you trying to see if Gary Trent Jr. is adding little counters to his bag? Are you trying to see more of OG Ananobi as the initiator? Are you trying to see if Coloco can start making like more than fifty percent of his dunks? What are you trying to see? Right? Maybe maybe you came in and you said, "Hey, in this game, I want to see Malachi Flynn go three or four from downtown." And just really, you know, flash flash that that jumper of his. And you know what? You got one of those. Scotty, I think there's some things to like from Scotty, but it took him so long in this game to get to the place where he should have been all game. And that's, he had Giddy on him. And Alvin Williams, for what it's worth, <laughs> was correctly identifying how, uh, how much of an advantage Scotty should have with Giddy defending him. And Scotty wasn't pressing that advantage with his physicality or his movement, uh, until the se- the end of the second quarter, probably, and and he did it throughout the third, of course. But that's just that's really a shame because even if the team's not playing well, these are opportunities, moments where you can see growth, where growth is meant to be obtained. And Scotty being passive once again for a large portion of the game, uh, not great. And also, like on top of that, just some turnovers. He had two early. He only finished with two because he did start playing much better, but. The two early turnovers is just like being lackadaisical, not paying attention to where the defense is shifting, thinking he's outsmarted the defense and and turning the ball over. It's, it just has to be a little bit more discerning. You like that he's making those quick decisions in these cases, but it's just a quick decision where he did not outsmart the defense and they were thinking along with him. Uh, but Scotty, I know some people are worried about that ankle. I can't comment on that. Uh, Nick said everyone gets banged up. You know, that's kind of the situation. He said he hasn't heard anything. If uh, if whoever's listening, if you want to prescribe Scotty's, I, the lulls in his game uh, to the ankle, that's your prerogative. For what it's worth, though, I think that this is par for the course with Scotty Barnes. We saw it a lot last year. We've seen it, you know, over the course of his career to this point. A short career and a good one so far, a great one even. But we've seen him have bouts of passiveness lulls in his game where he's not able to imprint the way that he wants to where he's having a really tough time reading the second level of the defense and to be a primary you have to be able to do a couple things you have to beat your primary defender quite often if you want to initiate basketball you got to be able to do that scotty does not do that very often and secondly you have to be able to read the second level of the defense pretty quickly or at least know how to manipulate them scotty has not, in his career so far, been very good at seeing and manipulating, kind of reading that second level with a live dribble. There's been connective reads he's been able to make on on cuts and as a you know a touch passes and stuff like that. Uh, but we're still waiting on on all the things in his game to coalesce so that he's really powerful and influential and you know impactful uh, on a possession to possession basis, just kind of powering the Raptors through games. We're not there yet. And this game did not uh, take us a step closer, in my opinion. But those flashes of just do- taking a guy, dominating him, using his length, um, you know, bully ball, then length, length, then bully ball, all this kind of stuff. Uh, the jumper, I think he hit one three, right? Yeah, he went one for three from downtown. That's fine enough. Uh, they weren't winning this game if he played great. I don't think therein lies a 19-point swing in Scotty's game in this one, but uh, it would have been nice to see a little bit more, but we didn't. OG and Fred. OG uh, 
two steals. So not three steals, which is what we've been expecting game in and game out, I suppose. But another multi-steal game. I believe that's 11 on the year. But yeah, we saw we saw possessions where OG wasn't able to beat a guy or where he looked a little bit slow off the draw, initiating these plays and stuff like that. And, you know, once again, OG, he, you see he's clearly affecting things defensively, his matchups, uh, and doing a pretty good job of it, honestly. But when everything is in disarray, as I said at the, uh, at the start of the podcast, how, one guy can't swing a defense like that. And he got lots of possessions on Shea. I thought there were some good ones, but I just sitting in a defense where 132 points were scored. I can't really commend a guy defensively or even say that it was overly meaningful because the Raptors, they got spanked in this one. They lost by 19, you know, they really, really lost this game. And to a team that to their credit, they play hard. They run, they have length. They're small with length. They don't play any like classically big guys, but the guys who are out there have long limbs and, are active, if that sounds familiar to anybody. Uh, the Raptors, you know, they, they fell behind. They didn't have the energy. They didn't have the focus. And they certainly didn't have the creation to kind of stick with the Thunder. And the creation would have mattered a lot more if they if this game was just a half-court thing. But that energy and that focus, uh, the Raptors have the talent on the roster to defend. Yeah, certainly they do. They didn't in this game. And that's that's the disappointing aspect of it. And it was it was basically everybody. The back line looked off. The the point of attack defense wasn't very good either. And even though Thad Young comes in for a spell and everything kind of settles down and looks better, that's just a small run and it doesn't change the game. And even though Boucher brings the energy and has the requisite amount of, you know, chutzpah to kind of provide from his spot in the lineup what the Raptors need, it's not enough. Otto, there's a calmness, right? Not enough. Banton hits his first pull-up three of the season. Not enough. Malachi gives you 12. Hernan Gomez gives you nine. None of this was changing this game because the Raptors couldn't stop anything on the other end. Like, when, when you read this from the bench, if, if we were talking about a game against Brooklyn or something, right, and you could look at the bench, and Boucher didn't play in Brooklyn, but you could say, Dad gives you four, Boucher gives you 20 and 12, Otto six, Banton five, Flynn 12, Hernan Gomez nine. You would be like, hey, we're in the money. But the thing is, you allow so many points on the other end that this is completely meaningless. And uh, and like that, too, is just the Raptors having to keep because they kept giving up scores. They have to take the ball out of their own bucket. They go into their half court possessions where Fred was guarded by Luguens Dort and Dort had an awesome game playing defense on on Fred. Gary uh, is a shooter. First and foremost, had some nice flashes of creation in this game. Uh, nice to see him get to a floater, like put a guy in jail, keep kind of like crab dribbling down in the lane, hit a floater. That's nice. But it's still just like 12 points on 10 shots. You know, Coloco, as I said, missing dunks, not particularly effective on the back end of the defense in this one. And Scotty, despite having a smidge of success and OG as well, they just didn't do anything meaningful in this game. That's the that's the difficult aspect. OK, wait, right, right, right. I promised the leg I'd do this, by the way. Okay, Josh Giddy walks the ball down the court. And this is completely unacceptable, by the way. Josh Giddy walks the ball down the court, tries to engage Chris Boucher in isolation, and, and backs the ball back out. Starts dribbling with his left hand. And I watched it. I watched it. He did five, count them, five in-and-out dribbles with his left hand in a row before crossing over to his right 
and hitting a push shot off the glass over Chris Boucher. The whole time, stutter stepping like a geriatric man walking down uh, like a hallway. And there's very little speed. There's very little tact to what's going on. It is clumsy in the best or worst way, depending on your point of view. And the Raptors defense, I don't blame OG because he was playing close to Shea and Shea was backed out to like that hash mark 35 feet. And so OG, that's his job, stick him. Boucher and the rest of the Raptors basically just watched Josh Giddy do the dribbles of like a seven-year-old player and then just get a layup. I, Boucher, I don't want to be too hard on him because so many people have been hard on Boucher for so long and way longer than he deserved. But that is just inexcusable, man. How do you just keep backing up? Meet that dude at the point of attack. Challenge that dribble. Josh, you know, there's some craft to it. He's inventive in some ways, but he's certainly, man, you try and poke a dribble, that's not the guy in the NBA who's going to snatch back and dust you and all that kind of stuff. That's like Trey Mann. That's Shea on that team. Dort to some degree. But holy moly, you can't just let Giddy walk down the paint and then get a layup. That is insane to me. I, I just, how do you let that happen? Okay. I'm, I'm, anyway, and like Chris was the best player for the Raptors tonight, by the way. He was, he was both the one involved in this more than anyone else. And also at the same time, their best player. That, I feel like th- that sums up the game better than anything else could. We move on to Indiana. It's just, jeez, this, yeah, this game, a little bit destitute, you feel. This was <laughs> not a fun one, man. They, they got absolutely dominated. Couldn't, uh, couldn't do anything right. On to Indiana. The Reggie Evans Award, I'll, uh, I'll give it to Boucher. The top quick reaction comment is from DS, quote, Coloco can't even finish a freaking dunk. Benton can't drive, can't shoot, can't pass. I think Flynn has earned his minutes. Apart from that, OKC used the Detroit formula from last year. Don't know why every team doesn't use it. I expect a bloodbath from the Pistons on Monday, end quote. What is the Detroit formula? I, I, I actually, besides beating the Raptors, I'm not sure I recognize an overlap because the, like when Detroit won the close games last year, they were making a lot of one pass away threes and uh, some contested ones too. And I, you know, I don't, I'm not certain this, I recognize the, uh, the overlap in styles, but you're absolutely correct in that Banton uh, is, uh, <laughs> that Banton has had a tough time this year so far in the NBA. Flynn, I'm sure, I'd love to see him when the Raptors find a little structure and he gets to step in. Who knows what that looks like? Coloco, yeah, really tough game. Did uh, When the Raptors have their defense going and Coloco just kind of gets to sit back, I'm currently going through all of Coloco's. There's like hundreds of pick and rolls, right, that he's defended this year. I'm currently going through all of them. I'll have a piece out on it next week. And one of the things, not to give too much of it away, but he's very insulated in the Raptors' defense, and that's very good for him. But when the Raptors' defense isn't capable of insulating him as a big, it just, he, he, can't, he can't command a back line on his own. And, and nor should he be asked to, right? Uh, he's, he's a rookie, and he's, he's impressed. Like, relative to expectations, he's blown everybody out of the water, and good for him. But uh, when the Raptors are scrambling the way that they are in this game, 
being broken down repeatedly. And I don't think that's a Detroit thing. I think that's, you know, at the very beginning, a Shea Gilgis Alexander thing, and then a turnovers into transition thing. And uh, yeah, missing a lot of shots, so not being able to pick up and set your defense thing, which if that's the Detroit formula, then yes, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> make sure the Raptors have to defend never uh, in the half court and make sure that they always have to <laughs> run their offense in the half court is a, is a wonderful tactic. If you can get away with pulling that off against any NBA team, I recommend it highly. But yeah, DS, thanks for writing in. Listener, thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> hopefully more than the game. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get out of here. I've been Samson Folk, of course. And whether you got into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.